Hello everybody, time for the August edition of Baptist Voice. Apologies to you because we've not been able to produce your tape or CD or memory stick for the past four months. I hope you got the message that we couldn't access our copying equipment or all your files which were locked away in Greenfield Church as per government guidelines. Short of breaking in and passing the kit out of the window, there's not a lot we could do except carry on as best we could and put the recording up on the internet. I hope you were able to get in touch that way. If not, then Baptist Voice for April, May, June and July are still in existence and if you'd like a copy, get in touch and we'll run you one off. But from now on, God willing, we can get back to the old routine, starting with this August edition and sing To God Be The Glory, number 566 and Baptist Praise and Worship. God be the glory, great things he has done from the Northern Baptist Association. The gang is all assembled, we'll reintroduce them to you as we proceed. The next voice you'll hear is that of Andrea. She leads off the national news from the Baptist Times. 
The Baptist Historical Society has taken a major initiative in awarding a grant of £2,000 to the Angus Library at Regent Park College for the digitisation of early records from important Baptist churches in the United Kingdom. The Baptist Historical Society President, the Reverend Dr Keith G. Jones, said of the award, We're not a rich society, but we wanted to do something significant to assist the Angus Library to launch their digitisation of major UK Baptist historical documents to assist scholars throughout the world to do their research. We hope that other societies, institutions and perhaps the Baptist Union and the regional associations will help the Angus Library in this vital initiative. Among items put forward to digitisation are the Broughton Hampshire Church Records 1655 to 1891 and the Cripplegate London Church Book 1689 to 1723. It's hoped that records from key churches in various parts of the UK will be included in this project. Recognising the contribution she has made to Baptist and ecumenical life in the areas of theology, worship and restorative justice, Myra Blythe has become the first female British Baptist minister to receive a festschrift, a set of essays in her honour. Reconciling Rights seeks to take an important theme in Myra's life and thought, reconciliation, and explore it both in terms of church worship, preaching, baptism, Eucharist, reading the Bible, prayer liturgy, life, spirituality, charity, friendship, and the world of sport. Contributors include friends, colleagues, and former students. Myra was presented with the Festschrift at the recent Regents Park College chapel service, which brought the academic term to an end. Myra, who retires this summer, having been a tutor and chaplain at the college since 2004, expressed her surprise and delight at its presentation. Former General Secretary David Coffey worked alongside Myra. He said of the book, a rich anthology in honour of a unique exemplar of the theme of this festschrift. Myra Blythe has demonstrated amply her gifting to build creative altars out of stones over which others might stumble, and has accomplished this in the most challenging terrain. Baptists are proud to claim Myra as a cradle child of our own tradition, but in truth Myra's life is an ecumenical doxology, sourced from many rivers. Her generous heart enables her to move with ease between all Christian traditions. Research reveals nearly a quarter of churches have seen a drop in contact with children and young people during lockdown, alongside creative use of the online space to connect. New research from All Churches Trust has highlighted that for many churches, the coronavirus pandemic has made them feel even more cut off from children and young people in their communities. Nearly a quarter of churches reported a decrease in engagement with children and young people, while 30% of respondents indicated they were not able to run any activities specifically for the younger generation during lockdown. Some 638 churches who completed an electronic survey from All Churches Trust in June 2020 were asked about their level of engagement with children and young people since the start of the COVID-19 outbreak. The aim was to track how things might have changed since All Churches carried out its in-depth Growing Lives survey in 2019, which asked the question, 
How effective are churches at connecting with young people and what help do they need to do it better? A charity founded by Christians which brings individuals with and without learning disabilities together has won an award from the Archbishop of Canterbury. The award from WAVE, which celebrated its 10th anniversary at the end of 2019, encourages and enables all people, regardless of their abilities, to be part of a strong community hub. WAVE stands for We Are All Valued Equally. WAVE was established by parents whose Christian faith motivated them to work towards more inclusive society, based on the belief that in God's eyes we are all valued equally. Be it through its support groups for parents of children with additional needs, or its cafe where workshops are run for all, art, yoga, meditation, WAVE strives to bring people of all walks of life together. WAVE co-founder Bernice Hardy said, We are incredibly honoured to be receiving the Langton Award. This award is wonderful recognition of what we have achieved so far. Celia Webster, fellow co-founder, added, Never before in modern times has the sense of community been so important as it is now. Feelings of social isolation have been so difficult to cope with for many during lockdown. We have adapted by moving our community online, and this has been great to see it continue to thrive. More people join, and new friendships formed. There are still activities around for our young people to keep them interested and involved. Most of it's online, as you would expect. Lucy has been keeping an eye on things and she reports, first of all, on the activities for Youth for Christ. We've spoken before about the difficulty of continuing youth work during the pandemic as highlighted by British Youth for Christ. During the period leading up to the traditional summer holiday, YC ran a series of online events to help churches keep contact with their young people and to include an element of teaching and fun as well. All those sessions are now available without subscription at https colon forward slash forward slash yfc.co.uk forward slash youth dash work dash online dash all dash sessions forward slash so you can start an honest conversation, learn how to work with the Evangelical Alliance Relief Fund online, discuss racism and discover how to keep your youth work fresh. There are standalone topics in a mini-series that should provide you with ample material to see you through until the autumn. Reverend Dr John Suntamu has retired from his post as the Archbishop of York. This also marked the end of an incredible 15-year journey for Youth for Christ. Dr Suntamu served President, a post he has now also stepped down from. In a statement, BYC played tribute to him. Neil O'Boyle, the National Director, said, He has been an incredible ambassador to our movement and an exceptional example. There are few people that have inspired me and challenged me in equal measure. His ability to encourage and yet speak with such blunt honesty in the same breath is something I have not met in many people. One of the most precious moments I ever experienced with the Archbishop was a morning in his study where he allowed me to ask many questions surrounding theology and the challenges of our times. In a season where many Christians are losing confidence in sharing the gospel or shown unwillingness to speak about our faith, Dr John Sentamu would always encourage us to remain honest to our mission and to ensure that we continue to see young people's lives changed by Jesus. We consider him an incredible friend of Youth for Christ and we will certainly miss his influence on our movement. 
Wire Forest Youth for Christ have kept contact with many of their young people and encouraged them by sending each one a survival pack. Each pack includes a Good News Bible Youth Edition, Go Colour Prayer Books, a Jam Magazine, a Sports Dress Ball, Pipe Cleaner God, Heart in Person, a Crocheted Heart, Some Love Hearts, an Old School Makeshift Aeroplane, Notepad and Post-it Notes, a Card and Envelope, some Colouring Pencils, and a bunch of tuck with long sell-by dates. Centre manager Barry delivered each pack personally. Parents have then also connected. One of them, who had no previous engagement with the church, said, Thank you so much for dropping round the pack and the Bible. We spent the last hour colouring in some of the passages together. We loved the egg challenge from Psalm 23. As lockdown eased this week, two of the girls agreed to meet up and take a walk together. They both brought their new Bibles, coloured them in together and found verses to give to each other. Barry concluded, We have some concerns over gang culture, and even more so as young people have so much time and space without their usual structure and supervision. I really believe this engagement is keeping them away from opportunities which could lead them down a terrible path. Thank you, Lucy. And our regional news starts with Lindsay, and she's in Derbyshire, in the lovely village of Worksworth where this is usually one of the busiest times of the year. Wellspring Church, a local ecumenical partnership, is based in the small Derbyshire town of Worksworth, where the Wellspring dressing and carnival over the second May bank holiday is usually the biggest weekend of the year. Well dressing is a Peak District tradition, in which wells are decorated with natural materials such as flowers, petals, moss, fruit skins and seeds to create intricate and visually stunning designs and the town attracts thousands of visitors to see the displays. There are also stalls, street music and a fun fair and the whole thing culminates in the carnival procession on Monday. Like all other events at the moment, this year's had to be cancelled. Nevertheless, Wellspring Church found a way of marking the carnival. Church member Jenny Few takes up the story. Sue, a member of Wellspring and the inspiration behind Wellspring's annual well dressing, decided that we couldn't deprive the town of it altogether. So she and her husband made 18 mini frames complete with clay and delivered them to people who were delighted to be able to do them. The finished pictures made with flower petals, leaves, peppercorns, gravel, rice and other natural materials were displayed on the Wellspring steps outside. The Worksworth Facebook group shared photos of the mini frames alongside the message. The kind and talented people at the Wellspring Church have made and put on display mini well dressings. The post was liked more than 200 times and had several appreciative comments. Wellspring Church formed from the coming together of Baptist and Methodist congregations. Two Baptist ministers in Scotland have helped to create an emergency fund that has supported those badly affected during the pandemic. A man unable to work yet not entitled to benefits and at risk of becoming homeless. A woman who had escaped abuse living in a friend's room with her three children and nothing to her name. Families with children who have special educational needs, vulnerable people shielding with limited access to food, people suffering from anxiety and unable to pay bills. These are just some of those on the margins in Scotland who have been supported by an emergency fund with two Baptist ministers at its heart. Peter Dominey, 
of Church from Scratch, fellow Baptist minister Ivan King and their friend beyond the church, local businessman Alan Kirkman, created the South End Emergency Fund at the start of lockdown after recognising the coronavirus outbreak was going to have an immediate and long-lasting impact. It's one central fund with all donations channelled through the network of local charities and projects which work in the heart of the town. The fund quickly gained the support of more than 30 South End on Sea organisations, companies and charities, including six Baptist churches who agreed to serve as ambassadors and promote it through their networks. Donations came in from individuals and organisations, including South End on Sea Borough Council, chipping in with £25,000. 100 days into lockdown and the fund had raised £65,000. Shirley Bowen, a member of New Brighton Baptist Church, along with husband Tom and a team of volunteers, have been taking free food parcels to needy households in New Brighton and across Wallasey since March. Over a thousand parcels have been distributed and the links made with family and individuals has led to other types of help being offered as well. It has had a social benefit to the area as relationships have been built and it has meant a temporary breaking of social isolation for some delivery recipients. Already an activist, Shirley responded to the lockdown by quickly arranging for vital help to go to households she was already aware of. In the early days of lockdown, food parcels were going out two or three times each week. And now that things have settled a little, Shirley, Tom and team deliver around 30 food parcels on a weekly basis. Each food parcel is a healthy balance of food and drink, including both meat and vegetarian products. Other basic essentials are often included. Donations come in from Morrisons in New Brighton, individual neighbours of the church and partners including Hart and Egermont, Claremont Food Hub and the Oak Project at Christ the King Church in Birkenhead. John Cheek, minister at New Brighton Baptist Church, said, If anyone knows of a household in the New Brighton area which is in need and may benefit from this wonderful scheme by way of a regular food parcel, please contact Shirley and Tom on 07816-563-688 and they can be added to the list. Big Questions During the Pandemic facilitates an online discussion group using video conferencing technologies. Each of its five hour long sessions looks at an apologetics question such as the existence of God, the meaning and purpose of life, making sense of suffering and life after death. Big Questions is based on a successful outreach run in Tyneside in April and May. Nick Megaran. Minister of Walls End Baptist Church said people have also asked big questions about God, life, the universe and everything. Too often we try and ignore them, but the COVID-19 pandemic, when death and fear stalk us and life is turned upside down, simply makes it harder to avoid asking those. People are open as never before. We should seize this opportunity to share the gospel in new ways. We can't press pause on the Great Commission during the COVID-19 pandemic. Big Questions is now live on the website of Walls End Baptist Church. It includes pre-recorded talks and guidance on how to set up, promote and run a Big Questions course. All of these are free to use and share. 
visit wallsendbaptistchurch.org.uk slash big hyphen questions. In our next review of regional news, we're off to Wales. It's lovely at this time of the year, I seem to remember. Let's break off now with a little music and a hymn tune often used to the hymn Be Thou My Vision. The organist is our own maestro, Professor Gareth, and the tune is Slain. The global pandemic is putting a huge strain on all those striving to battle against world poverty and injustice. Claire reports that that is a view also shared by Christian Aid. A global catastrophe looms as COVID-19 deepens inequality, says a Christian Aid report. There's the prospect of a dramatic rise in acute hunger, deepening gender inequality and disruption to health care such as immunisation and maternal and child health. The COVID-19 pandemic has exacerbated deep and often hidden inequalities across the world and could tip over into catastrophe unless there is a recovery plan that addresses these inequalities, according to a new Christian Aid report. The report, Building Back with Justice, Dismantling Inequalities After COVID-19, says that the effects of the coronavirus, the economic, social and political impacts are just starting to unfold. It adds... The pandemic has exposed and reinforced deep inequalities that long predate it. Without immediate and decisive action, a crisis in the poorest countries threatens to escalate into a catastrophe that will cause untold human suffering, entrench inequalities and slow any recovery. The International Development Agency has criticised richer countries in the global north for failing to relieve the debt burden on countries in the global south who were already crippled with debt repayments before the pandemic struck. Germany and Italy have spent around 40% and 30% of GDP, respectively, on economic stabilisation, while Malawi, Kenya and DRC have spent less than 1%. 
and the UK has spent about 20 times as much as Malawi as a percentage of GDP. Christian Aid is calling for a comprehensive 12-month cancellation of debt principal and interest for 76 low-income countries. The charity says that debt cancellation could be one of the fastest ways to free up resources for some of the countries worst affected by the pandemic and its economic impacts. Patrick Watt, Director of Policy, Public Affairs and Campaigns at Christian Aid, said, Richer countries have injected massive sums of money to support their economies, while poorer countries are crippled by vast debts which are still not being cancelled. This is grossly unjust, as well as being exceptionally short-sighted. Unless the richest countries step up and support a comprehensive response and recovery plan that includes debt cancellation, we will see the current crisis tip over into a catastrophic repeat of the lost decade Africa and Latin America experienced in the 1980s. The first ever survey of black British Christians' views on climate change has been launched by Christian Aid. Despite black and brown people being disproportionately affected by climate change around the world, the climate protest movement is often represented and led by white people. There have even been charges of discrimination against black activists. Only last year, Ugandan climate school striker Vanessa Nakati was cropped out of a photo with white campaigners by the Associated Press at a photo shoot in Davos. So, Christian Aid has launched a landmark study into the attitudes, experiences and perspectives of black British Christians in relation to climate justice. The study will be conducted by Savanta Comres during July and August. Chini MacDonald, Christian Aid's Head of Public Engagement, said, Chini MacDonald, Christian Aid's Head of Public Engagement, said, To our knowledge, this is the first time black Christians have been surveyed on climate change like this. The study will explore the drivers and barriers that black Christians face when engaging with the climate justice movement. With the UK hosting the crucial COP26 UN Climate Summit in Glasgow next year, the UK climate movement, including many churches, will be taking an active role in the global push for greater action to tackle the climate crisis. Indigenous people living in the Amazon have called for an immediate halt of Brazilian government plans to build a power line through the tropical rainforest without any consultation with those living there in breach of human rights legislation. The government has claimed the survey is impossible due to the COVID-19 pandemic and so issued a construction permit without conducting a consultation with affected community members required by law or even informing them of the decision. More than 70 organisations that work with the Kilolombola people have called this trampling of their rights and the destruction of the rainforest under the cover of the pandemic an outrage. Moises Gonzalez, Christian Aid's head of Latin America and Caribbean Regional Programme, said at a time when government should be looking to protect the most vulnerable, the Brazilian leadership is using it as an excuse to bulldoze through actions which will have a devastating impact on people and the planet. As well as being their home, the Amazon is one of the world's biggest carbon sinks and further destruction of it will only fuel the climate crisis. The proposed electricity lines will benefit gold, bauxite and other mining companies whose activity is leading to further destruction of the rainforest. Many of these companies are listed on the London Stock Exchange and registered in UK tax havens like the British Virgin Islands. 
Thank you, Claire. And when Claire returns, she'll have news of a very special disastrous emergency appeal. We're off round the colleges now with Katie, and she starts up in Paisley with news from our Scottish college. The Scottish Baptist College teaching team will be welcoming a new member in September. Paulus de Jong will be joining in September to teach some of their Biblical Studies classes, encountering the New Testament and encountering the Old Testament. In previous years, these classes have been taught by Dr Marion Carson, but Marion is moving to work more closely with Glasgow City Mission as their Pastoral Support Coordinator. Paulus further diversifies their international profile since he was born and raised in the Netherlands in a small fishing village called Urk. He has lived there for most of his life except for a gap year spent in Israel and a short season when he pursued a degree in popular music. He met his wife in Urk and have now been married for seven years and have a one-year-old daughter called Petra. He says, Questions about God, the Bible and faith have fascinated me as long as I remember. The Christian story reflected in biblical literature and actual lives is a story I want to live and understand. That is, in short, why I ended up studying theology. How I ended up here is still a mystery to me. I first experienced Scotland when I walked the West Highland Way in 2012, which was not a sheer success. I loved the scenery, but the midges and the fact that this was my first serious encounter with hill-walking as a Dutchman, made it into a mixed experience. Then his wife started work on a postgraduate degree in theology at St Andrews University. In my teenage years, he says, I started attending a Baptist church where I was baptised as a believer at the age of 16. My research concentrates on the law in the Gospel of John. I am also looking forward to teaching both parts of the Christian scriptures, which, in my opinion, are inseparable. But more than just teaching, I hope to become part of the journey of a community of people committed to not only studying, but also living the Christian story. Working with Durham University, St Hilde's College in West Yorkshire is taking part in a webinar on Zoom on the theme of racism. It will examine how the Bible addresses issues of racism, prejudice and oppression, and the implications of our social location on how we understand the Bible. How can the Bible help us in our formation to become racial justice advocates in our theology and ministry? These are just some of the questions that will be addressed in this Common Awards webinar entitled The Bible and Resisting Racism. Professor Robert Bexford, Professor of Black Theology at the Queen's Foundation, will be in conversation with Professor Grant McAskill, Kirby Lane Chair of New Testament Exegesis at the University of Aberdeen. The webinar will be hosted by Augustine Tanner Ean, winner of the 2020 Theology Slam. The event will take place via Zoom on the 4th of September between 2pm and 3pm. Please note that a BSL interpreter will be present at the event. 
In September, St Hilde's College is launching a Mission on the Margins Practitioner Track. This is accredited at MA, Postgrad Diploma or Certificate and Graduate Certificate levels. A non-accredited route is also available. Find out more at sthilde.org forward slash practitioner tracks or andrew at urbanlife.org. Their Mission on the Margins track aims to support people working in marginal urban, rural or pioneering settings. Partnering with Urban Life and linked to a wider network of practitioners, it focuses on the skills to cultivate transformative community-based ministry for the long term. Track participants are expected to be involved in leading or supporting local mission and all modules are tailored to enable effective reflection in that context. Practitioner Tracks provides the opportunity to join a community of people working in a similar context, receive mentoring and encouragement appropriate to your stage of ministry, achieve a graduate diploma or postgraduate qualification, or complete a personalised programme of informal study. Work towards the skills and wisdom to innovate, teach or write in your chosen field. More details are available from the college website or to book a brief conversation with the track leader, contact andrew at urbanlife.org. Thank you, Katie. And she'll be back later with more news of our colleges. But meantime, Phil is here, and there's quite a bit of news from the music front this month. He starts off with a new record release from a Baptist Voice favourite. Philippa Hanna has a new album out. She describes it as her first worship album in two years. Family and friends were experiencing personal difficulties, which she found upsetting. A scheduled writing trip to Nashville in the States helped, because there she was able to talk through all the problems and come to the conclusion that the songs she was writing for the album all had to be about worshipping God. She's well known for her love of touring, so this period of lockdown has been a time of great stress for her. Well, on the very last day before everything was cancelled, she sang at a church with beautiful stained glass windows, and it was explained to her that the point of the pictures in the stained glass was to tell important biblical stories to people who could not read or write. Well, that became the theme for the album, stained glass stories, telling gospel stories in song, hopefully to a new audience. This song, Freedom Found Me, explains it all.
more from Phil in a little while, but first of all we look overseas and start with the BMS General Secretary Elijah Brown, who has published a new video on the BMS website and he's taken as his theme Pentecost. Ralph has been looking at this video. 2,000 years ago, Pentecost marked the beginning of a truly global church called to reach the nations, he says. As we journey through Pentecost this year, our world is truly in need of the hope that only Christ and his church can provide. There are several ways he is encouraging Baptists, small groups and churches to stand together. Join in worship. Join a virtual worship gathering featuring praise and prayer from around the world. Be together in focus. On Pentecost, remember the global church as a family, small group or church through a unique prayer, illustration, video or other focus items with free resources available at baptistworld.org forward slash Pentecost. Be together in giving. Give personally and ask your church to designate a portion of the offering received on Pentecost to the BWA Standing Together Global Response Plan. This is a collaborative worldwide Baptist effort helping the most vulnerable around the world. The BWA has already given more than a 100 grants to provide food for those facing starvation, send aid into war-torn areas, assist refugees and provide hygiene kits where there is a limited health care. Give at baptistworld.org forward slash give. This Pentecost, may the Holy Spirit unite us and rekindle our faith as a global family that's united in worship and generosity to reach the nations, says Elijah. Visit baptistworld.org forward slash Pentecost for full details. BMS World Mission is asking what the global pandemic and its consequences should teach us about work. On a single day in April, Microsoft reported 200 million meeting participants on their Teams platform worldwide. Earlier that month, Zoom reported 300 million. The total population of the United Kingdom is 65 million. Most of us thought the future was far away. And then the pandemic happened, and the world scrambled to keep people in jobs, keep companies and charities afloat, keep as much of our work going as possible, even as the physical floor fell out from under us. And the future of work felt very much like the now of work, and normal was no longer our comfortable baseline. All choice for our pace to move into digital workspaces was taken from us. So... Like the very adaptable people we are at BMS World Mission, we jumped into Microsoft Teams, zoomed our way through every type of social and work gathering, and tried to carry on collaborating to get tasks done as best we could, all whilst petting the dog, shooing the cat, ordering better broadband, laptops, screens, desks, and being full-time educators to all our offspring simultaneously. And regardless of whether you recognise these falling short in your own workplace, that normal is never coming back. Not just because of the virus and its effects, although those will remain for us for some time, but because what people now expect from work has changed. We have hard-won knowledge that it is possible for many of us to work successfully from home, at least part of the time, without those soul-destroying commutes. 
We have seen firsthand how fathers have enjoyed bike rides with their kids while it's still light outside. We have seen that very many of those carbon-guzzling conferences and flights were not, in fact, mission critical to getting stuff done. The forced flexibility that was injected into our normal rules of working, both implicit and explicit, kept our organisations afloat in crisis. But the world becomes more complex to predict, and the time of upheaval and danger are not over. What we learn, or fail to learn from lockdown, about what work can and should look like will determine the future, or lack thereof for most of us if not for all of our organisations. Back in March this year, BMS World Mission launched our coronavirus appeal and thousands of UK Christians responded generously to the urgent need. In a world thrown into chaos by a virus whose unpredictable course left many feeling shaken and confused, it was hard to know where to help first. Saving lives required decisive action which you know as well as we did. And so with your help, we stepped in to make a difference wherever we could. From Peru to Nepal, Afghanistan to Mozambique, your donations reached right around the globe, helping people in 14 countries across four continents that amounted to over 28,000 people whose lives were sustained, protected and transformed through a heartfelt response from generous UK Christians. Whether it was picking up the phone, posting in a cheque, starting a fundraiser or donating through our website, those simple actions have raised over £230,000, an absolutely amazing total that will have a long-lasting and life-saving effect for so many around the world. Coronavirus isn't just endangering the health of those who contracted it. But countrywide lockdowns have also threatened to destroy the livelihoods of many people around the world who rely on subsistence farming or daily wage labour to survive. In such a large-scale crisis, your gifts were able to stretch far and wide because BMS was at the forefront of coordinating the global Baptist response to the COVID-19 coronavirus. By working with the Baptist World Alliance Forum for Aid and Development, we ensured that your gifts delivered a multifaceted response, whether that was supporting the making of over 31,000 masks in Mozambique, responding to the mental health crisis caused by COVID-19 in Afghanistan, providing emergency food rations to those trapped in desperate hunger due to lockdown in Sri Lanka, or getting PPE to hospitals in Nepal and Chad. It's that time of year again when Baptist Voice has to describe to you the winning entries in the BMS photo competition. The competition is open to those on an action team gap year. It's easy to despair at the state of the world right now, which is why we wanted to remind you that God is still at work in powerful ways. We checked in with Ben Drabble, who heads up our supporter care team in his home office, to see what good news he has to share from our partners and projects around the globe. It turns out God is doing some amazing things, and in many of them he's chosen to work through you. The winning photo was taken by Miriam of Team Delhi, and features a street barber. She says, 
When we first arrived in India, we were struck by the number of street barbers and thought they perfectly summed up the efficient chaos of what we saw in India. The judges loved the personality shining through the barber's face. I was really drawn to this photo because I think we've all developed a greater appreciation for that incredible skill of barbers and hairdressers like this man during our time in lockdown, said one of the judges. The Kolkata team took second place with a picture of two young lads from the school where they're working. As an example of the diversity of work undertaken by BMS World Mission, the third place photo is architectural. It shows a huge cross in Kosovo, looking like a massive Meccano structure, and taken by Esther. The other winners are Ilana from Mozambique, Miriam from Team Delhi, and Hannah from Nepal. If you're able to, the photos are on the BMS website. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.bmsworldmission.org.news.action hyphen team hyphen photo hyphen competition hyphen 2020 forward slash. Here's Lucy again, and she's straight in with news of new resources for young people in these strange times. Over at Scripture Union, now that lockdown is easing and it's been possible to carefully resume some face-to-face children's and youth work, they've put together some resources to help churches take their first steps into socially distanced mission. And to help you navigate those uncharted waters, they've grouped these resources into three simple-to-browse categories. In the Yard, Ideas for Missional Making Activities Within Church Grounds. That's available immediately. On the Trail, Ideas for sharing the good news in the public spaces of your community. That's available immediately too. And on the field, that includes ideas for mission through sport activities in outdoor spaces, and that will be available shortly. Before embarking on any of these projects, Scripture Union recommend that you take a look at their resources, some of which include key considerations for engaging with children and young people outside while socially distancing. This is for England only. An equivalent version of this document for use in a Welsh context will be published soon. As an alternative, they suggest that you try their online Wonderzone Virtual Holiday Club. It's a five-day Bible-based children's holiday club. During the Wonderzone Holiday Club, children will meet Solomon and his desire to be wide. Oh. During the Wonder Zone Holiday Club, children will meet Solomon and his desire to be wise. They will explore three psalms and see what those tell us about God. They'll see Jesus bring sight to a blind man and light to the world. And they'll hear the story of the lost son who was welcomed back by his father. You can download a copy of the scheme from https colon forward slash forward slash contents.scriptureunion.org.uk forward slash WonderZone. There are five videos to download that will introduce each session and you can join the online WonderZone lab. It's packed with creative ideas on how to explore and discover some of the wonders of the universe and the wonders of God. There are also ideas for experiments, construction, craft, games, drama, creative prayer and worship. WonderZone has a mixture of upfront presentation and small group activities allowing children and leaders to build a meaningful relationships with each other and with God. 
For teenagers, SU suggests inspiring videos and leaders' guides to help you as you engage with young people exploring what faith in Jesus really means today. They say the Inspire videos have proved really popular with young people and youth leaders. They say the Inspire videos have proved really popular with young people and youth leaders alike during lockdown. So much so that we're continuing with the series and introducing new leaders resources to help you to get the most out of each and every video. Look out for a brand new Inspire video each week complete with an accompanying leaders guide. There's a helpful video at https colon forward slash forward slash content dot scripture union dot org dot uk forward slash inspire and videos for each session inspire and be still inspire nearer or far and inspire forgiveness. Thanks, Lucy. Now here's Claire with news of that DEC appeal. Christian charities along with fellow members of the Disasters Emergency Committee, DEC have launched a coronavirus appeal to raise funds to help the most vulnerable communities in the world, fleeing from conflict and instability, who now face the new deadly threat of COVID-19. The DEC appeal aims to protect people from the virus in the world's five most fragile states, plus Afghanistan, the most fragile state in Asia, and the world's largest refugee camp in Cox's Bazaar, Bangladesh. The UK-wide appeal is being driven by urgent humanitarian need, but also by good sense, Alexander Matthew, British Red Cross Executive Director of International Aid, told journalists at the appeal's press launch. We're not safe until we're all safe, he said. The world is interconnected. We need to help each other in this time of need. It's the first time that the DEC has launched an appeal for a disaster that has simultaneously affected both the UK and internationally. The DEC, which appeals for funds in response to overseas humanitarian crises, will help the most vulnerable people in six fragile states. Responding to the speech by Chancellor Rishi Sunak, featuring measures to boost household insulation and energy efficiency, Christian Aid's Head of UK Advocacy and Campaigns, Paul Brannan, said, Although the Chancellor did not mention the people of the Global South directly in his speech, the home insulation measures he set out to reduce energy waste in the UK will have a beneficial impact on people already bearing the brunt of climate breakdown overseas. The spread of COVID-19 has shown just how interconnected the world is, and climate change is the ultimate example of this. Our economic choices in response to the pandemic will have consequences for people now facing the devastating impacts of droughts, storms and rising temperatures. If our economic response takes positive action for the climate, such as boosting energy efficiency and reducing emissions, it's potentially of huge benefit for rich and poor alike, whether in the global north or the global south. But if we choose to base our economic stimulus on polluting activities like road building and fossil fuel company bailouts, we would be restarting our economy on the backs of the climate vulnerable. A new poll reveals that Brits are largely unaware that climate change disproportionately affects black and brown people worldwide. Only a third of British adults, 33%, recognise that climate change disproportionately affects black and brown people across the world, a poll commissioned by Christian Aid has revealed, despite evidence that the poorest people in Africa, Asia, Latin America, along with small island states, are bearing the brunt of the climate crisis. 
The research undertaken by Savanta Comrades for Christian Aid also found that just 26% of Brits believe that black, Asian and Arab people are hardest hit by the negative effects of climate change globally, such as droughts, floods, more intense storms, food insecurity and poor air quality. A third of British adults, 31%, say that they believe white people suffer most from the harmful consequences of climate change, and a similar proportion believe all ethnic groups are equally as vulnerable. Patrick Watt, Christian Aid's Director of Policy, Public Affairs and Campaigns, said, The changes we've experienced in the UK's weather with more flooding, very dry spring and some exceptionally high temperatures is a useful reminder that climate change is a global phenomenon that affects us all. But while many people here celebrate the hotter temperatures, we can't ignore the fact that millions of people around the world are already suffering from extreme climate-related weather events. Thanks, Claire. And now Phil has news of her retirement. I didn't know such a thing existed, did you? No, news to me. July saw the retirement of the longest-serving Christian broadcaster on the airwaves, John Pantry. Ralph used to play John Pantry songs back in his local radio days when Marconi was a lad. Well, John was the presenter for 24 years of the inspirational breakfast show on Premier Christian Radio. Before becoming a radio presenter, Pantry had a long and varied career in the music industry, including producing the Bee Gees. Well, many who worked alongside him said his passion and enthusiasm enabled people to make better music, which raised the standard across the industry, labelling him as the George Martin of Christian Radio. Well, as a singer, his landmark album Jesus on the Airwaves, along with his part in the tour, was credited in the early 80s as being the launch of Christian broadcasting across the UK. Last year, when he produced the Best of John Pantry album, we got in touch on behalf of Baptist Voice and asked if we could play a track from the album. He responded with typical generosity by sending the CD and putting a personal note inside saying, play what you want, whenever you want, with my blessing. Well, this is a favourite used by churches as the last song in the service, Send Me Out From Here, Lord. Send me out from Shine upon me, Lord. You 
What a gent. John Pantry, he's an ordained Anglican priest as well, so I don't suppose he'll be short of something to do in his retirement. In fact, I'm sure he'll soon be worrying about how he ever found time to do his breakfast show. And it's back to the colleges now with Katie, and she starts with news from the home of the Northern Baptist College, Luther King House. The member colleges that make up the constituents of Luther King House have issued the following statement following the killing in the USA of George Floyd. For us, Luther King House is more than just the name of our college. It is also a daily reminder of values that we honour and by which we seek to live. From time to time, those values become particularly pertinent. Events in the USA since the killing of George Floyd make this such a time. As a staff team, we want to add our voice to the cry for justice so powerfully articulated by the Black Lives Matter movement. We have sought to do this in a number of ways. Some of us have been involved in helping to shape responses from our own denominations. There are links to statements from Baptists Together and the United Reformed Church on the college website. The South Wales Baptist College are currently revising their curriculum and, as part of that revision, they are making several proposals in the light of the Black Lives Matter movement. As part of our current revision to the undergraduate degree programme, in conjunction with Cardiff University, we commit to propose a module on the challenge of justice with a significant portion on racial justice and to review admission processes for unseen advantages for different groups, to review the broader curriculum for the influences of colonialism, in particular the portrayal of issues of power, the representativeness of reading lists, the approach to research methodologies and the diversity of teaching staff. The Spiritual Child, Understanding and Nurturing Faith in Children and Young People is a seminar being organised by the Bristol Baptist College with our South Wales College to be led by Claire Hooper, the Southern Counties Children's Youth and Families Minister. Research recognises that children have an inherent spirituality which needs to be nurtured alongside their physical and emotional development. Drawing on a breadth of research, this training explores what we can learn about faith development so that we can meaningfully share 
the good news of Jesus with children and young people, whilst recognising the strengths and gifts that they bring to the church. There will be time for discussion and reflection on your own setting and practice, so it might be something you wish to engage with as a team. There are two sessions currently planned. The 5th of September 2020 at Hester's Way Baptist Church in Cheltenham and the 19th of September 2020 at Nailsey Baptist Church BS482DS. This comes with a note of caution from the college. This is currently still scheduled to take place. However, due to the changing situation, the event may need to be rescheduled. If this is the case, we will let all attendees know at least three weeks before the event. Please do still book your place if you would like to attend. Spurgeon's College are still promoting their quiet day on the 16th of October from 10am till 4pm. The cost is £25 at Spurgeon's College, 189 South Norwood Hill, London, SE25 6DJ. The contact is Katie Jack, 0208 Ralph will be along in a moment with the small print, but in the meantime, here's our second round-up of regional news with Lindsay, who starts with a report from Penralt Baptist Church, where the moderator, John Thompson, had the experience of a man just walking in off the street and asking to be baptised. In November, he had the joy of baptising three young adults, all from different life situations and faith backgrounds. One of them was 24-year-old Ryan. Christened as a child, Ryan was a regular and independent churchgoer in his later primary years. His parents didn't share his faith, and during this time he was given an armed forces Gideon Bible. Over time, the churchgoing stopped, but the Bible remained on his shelf. He would pick it up again as a young adult, dealing with a number of health issues such as anxiety and depression. Ryan wanted to attend a church. He asked a local Christian bookshop for advice, which pointed him in the direction of the nearby Penrolt. People were really friendly and picked up that I was new. They saw I had questions and slowly but surely helped me find the answers. I had tried a number of things over the years, but nothing seemed to click. It was only when I picked up the Bible, after 15 years of slow progress, I was finally becoming reunited with God. Ryan has moved to a degree in philosophy and religion and is exploring a call to Baptist ministry. Ben Tucker is the minister of Seton Baptist Church in Devon. With a recent home mission grant, Ben has been able to increase the number of days he gives to the church from three to four. In this recent video shared by the South West Baptist Association, he explains how it's helped enable the church to pursue a vision called Restored, a vision of seeing its community restored, seeing people and places brought back to life again, helping people flourish and living life to the full. The vision for this health and well-being project comes from Isaiah 58. The first day he was able to work on it, Ben was asking God to show a way forward. At 5.30pm that day, he had received a call 
asking if he could coordinate a project in Seton because one of the councillors was too busy to take it on. It seemed a great opportunity, Ben says. It changed everything. The group had a call from the mayor asking how they might support Seton during the pandemic, particularly the isolated, lonely and vulnerable. Ben suggested creating a network of volunteers and putting cards into each house with a phone number to call and email address to contact if anyone needed anything. Very quickly, they were able to set up 11 coordinators and 160 volunteers across Seton with every road covered. What's grown naturally is this real care and love for the neighbour, Ben explains. What's possibly unusual about Hope Baptist Church is that there's not really an age group that's underrepresented, says Baptist Minister Luke Mansfield. There's a really good intergenerational mix of people. Luke pastors Hope Baptist Church in Plymouth, a church with around 250 regulars aged between 0 to 90, of whom around 50 young adults. Luke joined in Easter 2019, succeeding the late Andrew Gardiner, and said he discovered a fellowship where there had been a focus on mixing the generations. There was a recognition that there wasn't a mix of ages. There was a deliberate shaking up of the life groups to try to make much more of a crossover. It's something that the church has stuck at and is really beginning to reap the benefits, says Luke. People just know each other better. It's created a lot more understanding. Being an intentional, integrational church is not an easy thing, Luke continues. We are creatures of habit and it's easier to be with people in similar situations to you. But in the groups where it's really worked, there has been a lot more support and discipling. And here is that small print. As well as the tapes or CDs or memory sticks uh, supplied free to qualifying members, Baptist Voice is available online at www.baptistvoice.co.uk or as a podcast from iTunes for you to download and keep. If you know of anyone who has a visual handicap who would appreciate a copy of Baptist Voice, you can contact us at baptistvoice13 at gmail.com or write to us at Baptist Voice Care of Greenfield Church, Ernston, Manchester, N410TY. Baptist Voice is sponsored by the Northwest Baptist Association, and all the items included are either in the public domain or reproduced with the copyright holder's permission. If we missed a copyright notice somewhere along the line, do let us know and we'll remove the offending item immediately. And waiting patiently for his cue. Here's Stephen, our chaplain. Hello. I hope you and those you love are well and safe and still managing to cope with the lockdown or with what remains of lockdown or with the new lockdown or it's getting a bit confusing and truth be told, it's getting a little bit frustrating. Up here in Ermstern in Greater Manchester where Baptist Voice Towers is located, We were just getting the hang of lockdown being eased, of having some more freedom to go out and meet people and to do some of the things that we've missed over the last few months. And then, at half nine last Thursday evening, they announced that some of the restrictions were coming back. 
Cases had been rising across Greater Manchester, so no meeting other households in people's homes or gardens or pubs or restaurants and so on. Now, this wasn't just us in Greater Manchester, of course. The same restrictions have come in across parts of Lancashire and Yorkshire, and Leicester has had a full-on second lockdown, which it's only just starting to come out of. So we're not alone in this. But it is frustrating. It almost feels like we've taken one step forward, only to take two steps back immediately afterwards. We knew coming out of lockdown wouldn't be easy. But when the reality bites, it can be hard to stomach. I guess most of us know that this sort of thing is just the reality of life. Things are rarely straightforward, and the ups and the downs and the steps forward and back are part of the deal. And I guess most of us have been followers of Jesus long enough to know that this is part of what it means to do that as well. Although we don't always present it as such, there's a tendency in some parts of the church to present the Christian life as one constant march from victory to victory, with the down parts, the not-so-good times, just things that we will overcome, or worse, signs that we're lacking in faith. Or we simply wave the problems away with the easy promise that Jesus will somehow make it all better. Now, it is of course true that through his death and resurrection, Jesus has overcome anything and everything that can stand between us and God. And Paul's great words that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ are 100% accurate. But most of us deep down know that that doesn't mean it's all straightforward and easy. We know that it can feel like two steps forward and then one back and then another three forward. Oh, and then five back again, then two forwards and only one back and you get the picture. There's a reason that Jesus' picture of what it means to follow him isn't a victory march, but of someone carrying their cross. And then there's some other words of Paul. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, We are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. And it's in those words that the hope lies. Frustrations, disappointments, griefs and sorrows are part of the walk with Jesus. Jesus wasn't exempt from them, neither was Paul and neither are we. We will go forwards and backwards, but we are never forsaken. We are never destroyed. We need never be driven to despair. The way of the cross, 
The way of Christ is also the way of life. Yes, the frustrations and the disappointments and the grief and the sorrows are real. And no, we may not easily overcome them every time. And their scars can stay with us for a lifetime. But God's promise is equally real. That through Jesus, these things will never separate us from God. And that if we cling to him, even when we seem to be taking five steps backwards instead of forwards, we will come into that life, that eternal life, that he holds out to us all. Let us pray together. Lord God, in these frustrating, hard to understand and sometimes scary times, we turn to you. We turn to you because you already know the way in Jesus you have walked it before us. We turn to you because you know the frustrations, the disappointments, the griefs and the sorrows that we've been through and the wounds that our lives bear because of them. We turn to you because in you is a hope and a life that none of these can rob from us. May that hope and that life be the light that guide us, that keep us walking the way you're leading us on, even when that way is tough or we seem to be going backwards. Help us in the trials, in the frustrations, in the worries to cling to you, trusting that by doing so we will find a way through and a way back to you. We hold before you all those that we know and love. And we pray for them and for all those who continue to be affected in any way by this crisis. Hold them. Keep them. Heal them and restore them, we pray. And may the light of your love in Jesus Christ shine in our communities, in our nation and in our world so that all may see it in the midst of the darkness and walk to it and with it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>